You are listening to JFAPE. It is the 15th of the 3rd, 2019. I am here, my name is Rich, I am also known as The Bear. I am here with my pal. That's, that's your cue. Still your cue. Nope, not listening out for the cue. I am here with Jay, ladies and gentlemen. Jay seems very talkative today. That's okay. He's also known as Beard, I think. There's Jay. There's Jay. Jay's back, everyone. Jay is back, everyone. I mean, yay! One minute and fifty-five seconds into the podcast, Jay decides to turn <laughs> up. That guy will be late to his own funeral. This is true. <laughs> Jay, what's going on, man? It's, it's a Friday night. We're, we're we're having lots of fun. So yeah, yeah, we're both enjoying. Yeah, enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> What's going on, Jay? What is going on in the crazy world of Jay? Uh, what are you drinking tonight? It is a Jaffa Cake Milk Stout. Jaffa Cake? Does it taste like Jaffa Cake? No. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> got this weird kind to it. I don't understand what's going on, but I'm going to drink it anyway. What are you drinking, pure Rich? Old, pure old black Jan- Jack. Blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm drinking pure old Jack Daniels. Jiggly Jack Daniels. Jiggly Jack Daniels. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Jack Daniels. Yeah. So when you told me earlier that I needed to do a perfect ten remix, I was very much mm. considering doing the beautiful South's perfect ten. Uh, <laughs> I'm th- so happy you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured that you would have found that a little bit. You know, she's a perfect ten. Da, 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 da. I hate that song so much. I'm so happy you didn't do it. Uh, and, and the great thing is, is that we're never going to have another episode ten um, unless this one fails to record. In which case, I'll never have to play it. Um, I hope this works out. <laughs> that's also going to be um, probably the last time we use Ty Dillinger's music on this show because he has changed his name. He is now gone back to being Sean something. That guy. <laughs> uh, Ty Dillinger. Um, Sean... Uh, I want to say Stasiak, but it's not. Sean, Ty Dillinger. He's, he's gone back to being someone else. <laughs> he's gone back to being Sean Ty Dillinger. Uh, the perfect uh, something. Yeah, um, so he's gone back to being Sean Spears. 
There oh, we there we go. Yeah. Sean yeah. Spears, everyone. Sean Spears. Maybe, maybe you'll start spearing everyone. Five minutes and 44 seconds into the set, we finally got the name right of the person whose title music I ripped in order to do this episode. So, well Excellent. done. This is, this is a good <laughs> Friday night showing. Um, we may have to make this a bonus episode, uh, which basically means a terrible one. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Jay, what's been going on in the world of wrestling, man? You tell me all about it, because last night I world decided off. to have a night off, and I watched Bohemian Rhapsody, um, and that was okay, but it wasn't wrestling, so you just you just do your thing. Just, so, just world of wrestling. podcast, Jay. <laughs> so, we have NXT, we have the fallout of NXT, where we have Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, Stuff going off there. I'm sure we'll get to that soon. Uh, Smackdown, we have the end of Smackdown. We have Kofi Kingston having to be in a gauntlet match against various superstars to get to his WWE Championship match against Daniel Bryan. So we have Samoa Joe, Randy Orton, The Bar, and also Eric Rowan. I'm sure we'll speak about that in in depth um, later on. Um, We also have Braun Strowman in his Street Fighter bonus round beating up a car. Okay. So we're I'm talking, sure we have a lot we're to talking say about full, that. On, um, full on final fight style, um, beating up the car or street fighter style, beats up the car, kind of the tires bounce out. Um, he kind of just pulled it apart, really, but it reminds you of Street Fighter. Who do you think? Um, who? Well, where do you think they're going to get the barrel level from? Like, how how, how do you reckon they're going to set that? I don't know. You I know, know, 20 barrels, I, he's just standing there punching them, doing a dragon punch yeah. on, on, on all is, of the barrels. It is Braun Strowman. If he starts pulling out shurikens, then we've got a problem. I'm hoping that um, I'm hoping that there was a outtake there where Howard Finkel just kind of wanders along and goes, oh, my car, at the end. Um, oh, no, Howard Finkel's not in good health. That's not, that's not cool, man. Really? Is he not? Yeah, he's not really good health, no. Oh, what's wrong with him? I'm not too sure. I think he's not doing very well and he's in hospital at the moment. Ah, well, we send our love to Howard Finkel, friend of the show. Um, So, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Hmm. You just reminded me about that. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. Kind of ruined my entire bit there, but there you go. Yeah, sorry about that. Four, I'm I'm still going on about this four corners women's title match, a tag team title match. It looks like the Iconics are going to be the SmackDown one. Okay. I still think Sky Pirates is going to be NXT and the women of Samoa at WrestleMania. But or we could have women Samoa versus the Divas of Doom. They haven't decided what's going on with that yet. Ah, interesting. So does it look like there's going to be a going to be a kind of multi? tiered kind of loads of people going in from different areas kind of it could be a ladder match ooh <laughs> that would be good <laughs> you see you've been wanting one of those for a while Jay have I? <laughs> you may have mentioned it maybe. once or twice maybe I, got, I definitely got the um, the impression that there was there was something going on. And we've also got the Fallout of 205 tournament. And we have the two final competitors as well. Oh, excellent. So there's lots, lots, of talk, lots to talk about. 
uh, lots for you to tell me about and me to kind of nod through um, because I haven't watched much. Well, this is I've, good. I've listened to a lot of rumours this week. I've um, got a bit of interest. Um, so with Raw, um, interesting, um, based on what I was saying with the ratings last week, um, it had a... Um, it had a 2.838 rating in the first Dave. hour. It wasn't Dave. Sorry? Kurt Angle's last match, but we, we touched on that last time. We Sorry, did touch on that last time. No, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. I'm just presenting a podcast here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's so, okay. 8 p.m. first hour, 2.838 um, million um viewers um 2.866 in the second hour which obviously is a bit of a pickup um that was in the 9 p.m slot um usually that is raised by the fact that there's um, a big match at the end of the first hour usually um and then finally 2.752 um it obviously monday night raw on the usa network was the highest rated um cable show um for Monday, March the 11th, with Love and Hip Hop and Team Mum 2 coming in second um, and third, respectively, or fourth and fifth, if you're counting by the hour. Um, interesting thing is, um, Love and Hip Hop on VH1 at 8 pm on that same day was the highest rated um, of that day, and it still only got a third of the viewers that the worst performing hour of Monday Night Raw had. So it's still it's still drawing big money in regards to advertisements. Wrestling is still the hottest thing on American cable television. Um, it's also one of the only types of show that has a full-on 18 to 49 rating, um, which basically means that its entire demographic is considered to be people between the age of 18 and 49. Obviously, people under that age are not counted. Um, people over that age don't watch it at all. So... The over 50s, apparently not fans of Monday Night Raw. So, a little bit of interesting. Interesting stuff I don't stuff think there. they care about that, to be fair. Hmm. I don't, I, it's they certainly not the target audience, that. is it? <laughs> cool. Unless, so, you're, unless you're a long-life wrestling fan, then there probably are some 50s going about there, just not mentioning them. Yeah, well, I, I would imagine that they may they may just not happen to be Nielsen Nielsen watchers, or they may watch it on repeat um, or similar. So Monday Night Raw, how was how is that going? Um, you know what, Rach? I was just looking at Monday Night Raw, and I think we covered that on last episode. We did cover most of the most of the relevant stuff. I think stuff, we did. We? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we I think we definitely covered that. So I think we can move on to SmackDown. To be honest with you. Screw Monday Night Raw. Screw it right in the air. Screw it right now. Yes, indeed. Um, SmackDown ratings. Let's let's have a quick look and see what the SmackDown ratings were um, for this week. SmackDown ratings up slightly post Fastlane episode. Um, interesting point in regards to this. So um, SmackDown altogether, as they're counted on a whole, um, two point one nine eight. Um, so that is 2.198 million um, there, which is 77% of the Monday Night Raw audience um, tuned in for SmackDown as well. Um, that is up um, by around 50,000 people um, after Smack, uh, after Fastlane. Um, it's not the highest of the year, but it's certainly not the lowest. Um, and they're above that 2 million mark, which is which is certainly what's getting them the money. Um, how was SmackDown? 
Well, SmackDown seemed pretty solid as a show, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Start off as Shane McMahon coming out, getting loads of heat from the crowd from what he did to the Miz, which is great. Um, he's yep. standing there with his trophy as the best wrestler in the world, trophy that he won in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Uh, the announcer announced his name. There's a game more heel heat. He decides to get the announcer back in, says, say it like you mean it, and then he grabbed him and he pushed him against the corner and made him say it again. So he's doing that kind of thing at the moment. Um, basically ordering the mids to be in a match at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. Still not looking forward to the match, but he has no choice in it, which then gives him more heel heat. So he's pulling out the heel heat left, right, and center on this one. The crowd work. proper going, into it. He's going for best in the world, isn't he? And he's certainly... Yeah, he, he was saying he's not the best in the world because he's got the trophy. He's not the best in the world. He was just born the best in the world. That's what he's going with. Nice, nice. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I believe this was um, this was followed by a um, yet another very large tag team match. Is that correct? Yeah. Standard hot tag tag team yeah. match that WWE likes to pull off. It was four and four. Yeah. It was Ricochet, uh, Alistair Black, Hardy Boys versus The Bar. And what do you call um, Rusev and Nakamura? Rusuke. Rusuke. So I'm Rusuke. It's um, obviously um, obviously the usual kind of case. Um, well, it's it's kind of a traditional way of dealing with things, isn't it? The heel team was represented by Japan, Switzerland, Ireland, and Bulgaria, all foreign invaders. Um, the baby face team represented by Amsterdam, which is obviously incredibly chill, and then just the South. So <laughs> <laughs> everyone loves Southern boys. <laughs> It was basically Jeff Hardy gets beat down, Ricochet gets hot tag, hot tag happens, and everyone gets in the ring and starts doing the whole I'm doing a big kick move already in the face. Ends yeah. up with a roll-up. Jeff Hardy kicks out, twist of fate, and then Swanson bomb, and then New Day run down and tear the shit out of everyone. Fair play. So. Straight up. Kofi is there playing off his um, playing off his Twitter spat with Vince McMahon from earlier this week, saying that he'd definitely be there. Um, how was Kofi's attitude? I obviously I haven't seen any clips, but how was? Because I'm I'm hearing that the people are oh, calling it all an, serious. an edgy all serious. new day. Yeah, they're they're completely serious now. There's no fun in games. They're just business right now. Okay, that's good. There's no I'm there's like, no pancakes. They're just going out there and kicking ass. I like that. I like that. The only the only pancakes are the people they are flattening, as it were. Exactly. Um, after that, I believe that um, I believe that AJ Styles confronted Randy Orton. Um, is that before that New Day cut a really good promo? It's Did looking they? like they're trying to set up Hardy's Hardy's versus Usos at WrestleMania. Mm. That could um, also be a ladder match. Called it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> But uh, that could be a ladder match too. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's so not... much potential for a ladder match at WrestleMania. Why could every match be a ladder think... match? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, why, why, why don't they just call it WrestleMania, the ladder match? Why don't they call it Ladder Mania? Well, they could. It's ready for Ladder Mania 1. Ladder yeah. Mania 1, yeah. Welcome this, this could to have Ladder already happened on the end of the scene. It sounds like something that could have happened like a CZW or something. So, If it hasn't, but... it should. It should. They should do it. It could put yeah. it off quite well. 
Yeah, hashtag with, like, explosive CZW Ladermania. Exactly. With yeah. trimmers and barbed wire and explosives and that, that, that's, sounding, that's sounding more like a deathmatch kind of situation. With ladders. Cool. Mania. So after that, AJ Styles confronted. <laughs> I've been watching Andy some Royal death Andy. matches actually. Have you? Yeah, quite have you? What have you yeah. watched? I've been watching um, BJW. BJW. Big Japan Wrestling. Where would I find that if I was a fan? YouTube, actually, you can find it on YouTube. A lot of their stuff is based on YouTube. It's if you like death matches, go watch it. I find them a bit weird, but. <laughs> Well, they're a nice, it's like car nice crash. Tradition. It's car crash wrestling. You you start watching it and then you kind of can't stop. Okay. okay. Kind of like ECW in the in its more extreme moments, or any match with New Jack. <laughs> any match, New Jack stabbing someone up. Yeah, yeah. Um, please don't mm. hurt us. We didn't say anything about your New Jack. I do apologize. <laughs> yeah, no, New Jack, New Jack, you're awesome. Um, yeah, you're, you are the best wrestler ever. So AJ Styles confronting Randy Orton then. That was an interesting one. That was an interesting one. Have you not seen the promo? Um, I haven't seen anything to do with it. So I do know that there was um, there was a fairly um, controversial moment where they they removed the term TNA and just ch- said that he was down in Florida tanning with Dixie Carter. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This car got a mention. She's going to be thrilled about that. I'm yeah, relevant again. Yeah, kind of thing. It's <laughs> probably the reason why. It's probably the reason why EC3 has done so badly because she congratulated her nephew on being on the main roster, and then Vince probably just buried him. Yeah, probably. Even, I mean, even she... saying that, there's a, there's a rumor actually floating around that um, it, um, Vince McMahon's not interested in giving him a new contract. So who EC3? Like, yeah. How? Uh, wait, has he even had ring time? Since main joined the main roster. Why doesn't he want him? I don't know. I don't know. He is such a good talent. I don't understand what the logic is. Why bring someone up just to just to get rid of him? Just yeah. That is bizarre. Um, hmm. How long do you think it'll be before Dixie Carter um, releases a tanning it with AJ T-shirt in pro wrestling tees? That's probably one now. To be fair. Yeah, she probably. I mean, well, it's. I mean, this this aired on what Tuesday, so it takes like exactly. three days to get. Yeah, yeah. No, it's probably sorted. Just have a look, and you probably find it. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Randy Orton, AJ Styles. Um, they they have an argument. Intense promo. They went at each other. They went at each other. They went they, quite personal with it. Did did they um, go beyond kayfabe? I would say yes. Mm. Randy Orton was floating around, going around, um, saying that he was in 2004. He was like getting paid ten dollars a night in a local gym for twelve people in a crowd, while he was he was becoming the youngest WWE World Champion. And then okay. he went on to the AJ uh, telling me this Carter thing in Florida, while he was going against the Undertaker. Yeah. Okay. It's just yeah, things like that. Uh, so just basically AJ kind of comparing moments in his career um, and two AJ's yeah. yeah yeah. never mention New Japan Pro Wrestling Let's well yeah point that out. Then, never mention the competition exactly mm. so cool um, 
I heard that they danced on the line pretty much with K, um, on kayfabe without completely blowing it up. Um, is, one of the is, one of the best things that AJ said was that uh, Randy Orton had a knockoff diamond cutter. He would never have made it in the Indies. That's very well. true, actually. Do you think great. he would have made it in the Indies? Randy Orton? No, no, definitely not. Yeah, I think you, was... you said you never made it in Indies, and he did Randy Orton's pose. Hmm. That yeah, was interesting. That and is then, interesting. then he says, "I'm knock off Diamond Cutter," and even then, Randy Orton came back saying. Well, what did you rip off? And then he did the two sweet gesture, and they went back and forth with that a little bit. Um, and then AJ was just like, and he was like, about the indie wrestlers. And then he's like, you're surrounded by them backstage, like all his indie pals, mm. saying that they earn their way to WWE. So yeah, it was it was a really good promo. Um, and even he was he went through saying that Randy never made it by himself by having Evolution Legacy rated RKO and even White Family. Yeah. To, that's to bump his to bump his stock basically, but yeah. In this in this argument, if we if we were taking this as a complete kind of kind of objective review of these two wrestlers, who do you think won this war of words? Well, I'm a massive mock for AJ, so obviously going to say AJ Styles. Fair play. I mean, the the thing is, you always defeat Randy Orton on a what I've achieved level. Um, if you do just kind of list um, the fact, well, if you do just mention the fact that if it wasn't for Cowboy Bob, Vince probably would have never paid much attention to him. Um, if he was it, AJ you know, mentioned his, that as well. Yeah, if his name was Randall Jeffrey and he was from you know, he was from County Clare in Ireland or something, um, unless he was trained by Finn Balor. And I want to give a shit. There was also an interesting moment where Radio said he was he was the landlord of this house and he's just paying rent. Now it's time to collect his rent. And that's when AJ pointed at the WrestleMania sign because it's in his contract and said <laughs> <laughs> If you want your rent, come and take it and then pointed at the sign. But yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> So all in all, quite that was, it was really good. I quite, I quite enjoyed that. It made me interested in the match. It got me invested, to say. Excellent. So I'm quite looking forward to see where that goes. After that, um, I think we all got quite excited because Asuka was facing Sonya Deville. Um, thoughts? Wait of Oscar's time yet again. Fair play. Why? Just a waste of time for Oscar. Like she's the champion, and she's been given these green ass wrestlers to work with well I mean in one way it kind of shows the confidence of um, Vince McMahon and, and uh, creative in um, Asuka as a performer um, and a good way to kind of train people but in another way what you're essentially doing with that is um, using probably one of potentially your biggest draws in Asuka um, she is pretty much the female Goldberg um, when it comes to actual drawing power um, if she's used correctly and I didn't say that I didn't say talent you'll notice I said in drawing power she's a talent much surpasses that of Goldberg um, and they are using her effectively as an enhancement talent um, there to kind of just give give people give people the rub in a 50-50 booking style is that pretty much the best way to put it? I guess it, but it just looks like they're just setting up a split between Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, and this is what Oscar's been used for. 
Yeah. Um, well, when you've got a woman's champion whose entire job it is to just help, uh, just help a storyline that is revolving around someone else, um, and uh, this isn't the first time that that's happened with Asuka either, um, I, I can understand why people might be switching off um, in regards to Asuka. This, this is another situation of somebody who we all love kind of being dragged through the dirt um, in order to just further, um, further Vince McMahon's fetish for sexy women. That fair? Yeah. Cool. What happened next? I don't have much, I don't have much to say on on what's going on with that storyline. Anyway, yes. it annoys me. Uh, next, you get a promo from the Iconics, uh, yeah. basically telling Sasha Banks and Bailey that their next or competitors are them. Oh, okay. Which brings me to the to the four corners women's match. Cool. Which has been so, speculated already, but obviously we haven't touched on what's it. What's your speculation? Well, I mean, there was the women of Samoa, mm-hmm. but if they're going to go against the Divas of Doom, mm-hmm. then that takes them out of the equation. It could become a triple threat tag team match, or they could add somebody else from Raw. I'm not quite sure who they would do that with at the moment because there isn't much going on with teams. Yeah. Considering they have now have a tag division. So there's yeah, not many be. teams going about. Could it be two from NXT? Do you reckon? Well, the only other team that I can think of from that is Aaliyah and Vanessa, the Sky no. Pirates, and no. or you know, let's fight, let's play. Let's fight, let's play. So there's three teams basically in NXT. Okay. There's more in NXT than there's anywhere else at the moment because Naomi and so Glow and Floss aren't doing anything at the moment, which yeah. is Naomi and Carmella. Yeah, but, I believe um, Carmella's kind of um, kind of distracted by the R Truth angle, isn't she? That's right. Yes, R Truth being involved in the US title angle, which could also be a ladder match. <laughs> <laughs> Jay is gonna get his ladder match. I'm gonna get my ladder match. Yeah, yeah, that is hashtag Laddermania. That's going to be a, a, a t-shirt because, yeah, that stuff is gold. I need that right now. Um, Definitely Rain. Jay likes ladder matches. Jay likes ladder matches, yeah. Um, got ladders. Got ladders, yeah, yeah. Down yeah. where? Yeah. Up the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else we got? Um, other ladder things. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Is that a ladder in your tights, or are you just pleased to see Jay? <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Yeah. Rey Mysterio and our truth um, face Samoa Joe and Andrade. Standard kind of when you got a four-way kind of match, you just kind of stick the two heels in the tag team, the two face in the tag team, and let them have one big rook on the. Um, on the on the following week after you the pay per view, big promo thing. Ooh, go for you it. The story update of Lynch, Charlotte, and Ronda Rousey. Basically, all it was was them. All it basically was recapping the story exactly what's happened in the last couple of weeks for the casual fans who are now tuning in to go into WrestleMania. So they were just doing that, basically saying exactly what's happened. She's now walking with no crutches and limping, so she's going to be fine for WrestleMania. That's oh, pretty much what's happened. 
so she um so she miraculously cured herself um over well, the course she's, of she's two now days. just limping so she's going to be fine for wrestlemania okay she's going to be there quite in a way wrestlers don't heal from kayfabe injuries like real people heal from real injuries do they unless you're john cena yeah which is probably still kayfabe I don't know. Do you, do you do you think John Cena kayfabe that entire angle? Which injury? Um, the pectoral muscle, Madison Square Garden, Royal Rumble, two thousand and thirteen, I believe it was. Mm, no, I don't. I mean, that was that was a full uh, pectoral it did, it tear. Did, it, did, it did come back really quick. Yeah, it was four months. Yeah. Um, that is like almost unheard of, pretty much across the way, and he did not miss a beat. And when it came to his actual workout regimen, he got, he looked like a million bucks when he got in that ring. So yeah, I, I that could be kayfabe, or it could just be like the the official word is that the man is just super fucking human, um, which wouldn't surprise me either, to be honest. Um, I've I've warmed up to John Cena in my old age. I've even warmed up slightly to Roman Reigns, which I never thought I'd say. Um, but he was quite good. I'm still so sceptical about that. <laughs> You're putting on your scepticals, are you? I am. Yes. Fair play. Um, we'll see. Cool. So we'll it was it was it was a recap. They're basically just realized i suppose that they have four weeks worth of programming to fill um and these characters are all across shows so it's technically eight weeks worth of programming to fill in order to build to this match and they don't want to lose any more heat in regards to it ronda rousey's pretty much shaved her career by um by going full-on turn um as far as i'm concerned because if she was still a face by wrestlemania there was absolutely no chance um she'd be walking away with any kind of belt um or there'd be no reason for them to possibly allow that to happen because she would start well she would stop drawing money at that point would you agree but if they're recapping the story already with four weeks of wrestlemania where the hell do they go from here um I think what you'd need to do... Oh, that's an interesting question. How do you keep the story going now they've recapped? Where does it go from here? How, how do you build this even more? This match needs to happen now, not at WrestleMania, because I don't see this going anywhere, and I see it fizzling up before it gets there now. That's a very, very interesting one. I think a jealous Charlotte Flair should say that she wants it to be a one-on-one -on -one match and challenge Becky, putting it all on the line. Again. Before, yeah, before the match even starts, Ronda Rousey comes down and beats the crap out of them, and then you get two weeks of them running, of each of them running around and hiding from Ronda Rousey as Ronda Rousey comes and kayfabe beats them up in a work shoot style. Just make them both a week. I I genuinely can't think of any way of dealing with it. What they should have done. Peaked too soon. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah. What they should have done is this week they should have had all three of them having to be pulled apart when they entered the arena. Almost 
have a woman's match in the ring, um, not an Asuka match because that would be, you know, just something, you know, something throw away and have Becky Lynch or um, Charlotte Flair involved in that match and just, you know, be a standard one. Then have Becky Lynch come into the um, come into the fray and start attacking Charlotte Flair. Then have Ronda Rousey come down. Have 20 people have to pull them apart. Have uh, literally have it go on way beyond a commercial break. Make it look like this is 100% shoot and they are unable to pull it apart. Proper attitude style. And then the following week... Give them a no contact clause until WrestleMania. Give them a no contact clause, but not even allowed in the same building on the same show. So as a result, one week, Charlotte Flair. One week, Ronda Rousey. Cut the promo. Yep. And then third week, Becky Lynch. And on each occasion, somebody else comes in and interrupts it. Either one of the other two. And it's all about the security's response trying to keep these three women apart. You you have Charlotte Flair with a kendo stick. You have um, Ronda Rousey, obviously, with her um, super shooting power. Um, Sonya Blade power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have Becky Lynch with her crutch. Mm. Her crutch of doom. Yes. Uh, that's the only way I could think of, of billing it. You know? So, let's see what happens because it. I feel like I'm going to lose interest before then. Yeah, I can understand your thoughts on that one, to be honest. They have peaked way too soon. It's like they've forgotten that they have four weeks to fill after Fastlane. Mm. Um, Rey Mysterio, Mysterio and R-Truth Joe and Andrade any thoughts on that one? Tag match <laughs> Was it the usual Tag Don't, match. Let me guess Let me guess Let me guess um, Someone in jeopardy um, Come back from a break R-Truth. on a rest hold um, and then they start pumping up the crowd and manage a simultaneous hot tag. Makes no fucking sense. Someone wins. Probably the faces. Oh, the faces did win. There you go. That's right. Choose cool. honest John Cena with a five knuckle shuffle in the middle of the ring. Goes for the attitude adjustment, but, you know. Joe tags in and stops it. Kicks him in the head. Big sense on stuff happens. And Sounds then, like you're thrilled at the concept. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to have a ladder match. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, they always well, put on a good match. Like, it doesn't matter if it's on a four way or a tag match. Like, their chemistry is so good. All four of them, it, it's quite insane yeah. to, to how good they're pulling off all these matches. And obviously, they did a different dynamic by making it a tag match. But. They need to add a ladder. They always need to add a ladder. Yeah, but, but this I match, think... they do actually have to add a ladder. This, I think this has to be the ladder match at WrestleMania. If they don't have a ladder match with these four, it would be quite silly because there's nowhere else for this, uh, this kind of four-way feud to go now because now it is turning into a four-way feud instead of a Andrade Rey Mysterio. It's for the US title now, so mm. I feel like that's the only way to solve it. With a ladder. With a ladder. It would make sense to 
it would make sense to maybe you could make it a six-way ladder match, but they don't like the they don't like the competition with money in the bank, do they? But you will be able to add Mustafa Ali to it. Um, maybe um, maybe. What's the point? It's even part of that storyline. There's no need to add into it. Well, yeah, but what's he going to do in the meantime? But then there was no need to add Mustafa Ali to the dual threat match. Anyway, so uh, at fast lane. So you know. What, Speaking of Mustafa again. Ali. Mm. What came next? Kevin Owens, Mustafa Ali versus Daniel Bryan and Roman. Excellent. Segway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 yep. That was that was what I was hinting at. How <laughs> mm. <laughs> was that? Really? It's just another tag match. I haven't really watched this match. To oh, be okay. fair. Cool. But um. um I'm using um I'm using Forbes as my um as my base for this for this kind of discussion. So um their comments are Mustafa Ali was one concussion from being Kofi Kingston. Still Kofi Kingston is much best better suited for this role. This match was missing one thing and that's Kevin Owens dismantling Mustafa Ali and turning heel. Fair point. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and then I believe it was the um, big offer from Vince McMahon after that, wasn't it? That is right. That's the main point of this match, I guess. Yeah. How's, um, how's well, what have you got to say about it? I mean, the whole thing kicked off with this man coming up and... Yeah doing Vince things says so he did exactly what he said to do at Vaseline he gave Kofi a chance to compete um, he never said he was going to be in the triple threat match but he said there was going to be a triple threat match uh, um, he said he, he does these things for, for a teachable reason yeah but he's, he's, he's changing his words isn't he just to yeah he's pretty, get around he's, what he's, he said he's pretending that he he delivered that didn't that say what he said right. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He says he does these things for a reason, for a teachable moment, and he failed, is what he said. Okay. So basically, what he's saying is he wanted Kofi to win to prove himself, but he lost. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then New Day came down, all, all being serious like they were before in the night, and yeah. they put Kofi over again. Um, Vince ends up pra praising Kofi, saying he's an extraordinary representative for the product. Um mm -hmm. New Day said they always do what they're told to do, and now they're not going to do that anymore. Um, he said that Kofi is pretty smart. Um, he was like, he said that he was really smart for surrounding himself with two young books, is, is the word he used, uh, so he can Ooh. take all the glory. So he can take all the glory from them, is what he said. Um, he said he's not up to par to be a championship material. Um, he said he's just a B plus player, so he's using the same term he did with Daniel Bryan or Triple H did with Daniel Bryan at the time. So they're giving him that underdog thing again that Daniel Bryan has a B-plus player. So that gives you an indication of where the story is going to go. Um, and then he says if he wants a title shot, then he's got to go through... Right, uh, Randy Orton's music hits. He comes out, and then Samoa Joe comes out, Bar comes out, and then Rowan. So, and he tells him he's got to be in a Gortland match. If he beats all these people, he can then have his title match against... Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Um, do you think he'll manage it? Where else can the story go? 
This is very true. This is very, very true. I mean, it could, it could be a loss and then yet another chance that's even more insurmountable odds. I mean, they do. You can impress have... this man so much that he, he ends up giving the title shot anyway. Oh, like when he, um, like when he complete, completely went back on his um, word in regards to Shane McMahon and just decided to, yeah, allow that to happen with the thing three years ago in his match with The Undertaker. Yeah? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that won't happen. Um, I'm sure Kofi will probably win. Do you think he's winning at WrestleMania? Yeah, I mean, with him saying the B-plus player, that gives you the indication, because that was Daniel Bryan's story, wasn't it? It gives an indication that he's going to rise to the occasion and take the title from him. The more I think about it, the more I think that Kofi is going to be the one who doesn't win this title. Are you still going to say Big E? No. I think that Daniel Bryan, like the rumor, the rumor appears to be that Daniel Bryan was expected, like this is expected to push Daniel Bryan over to a mega heel role going into the rest of the year, and he can continue to carry the title into next year's WrestleMania. Um, out of the three main events, this one seems like the one where I mean they put a lot of effort into getting Daniel Bryan into the state. Um, they have put a lot of money behind complete, uh, completely redesigning um, vast elements of the show around his program. And if you want to make a heel who will be hated and truly hated, and Daniel Bryan is one of the only wrestlers who will have absolutely no problem being truly hated because he is an old school professional, this is how you do it. Becky Lynch has to win that title. Seth Rollins has to win that title. I don't. I think Kofi Kingston will be the one who doesn't. And with his match probably being the first of the three, Miller time, with his match being probably the first of the three, um, of the three title matches to kind of finish that night, I reckon he will lose that match. I reckon he'll get a standing ovation. I reckon he'll be back down the mid-card. And then I reckon Daniel Bryan will have cemented his place as the biggest monster heel of the next 10 years. Wow, that is a good prediction you've got there, Rich, but I'm still going with putting the trigger and putting that title on Kofi. There's there's a there's one that I would there's something I would like to happen and that is indeed them pulling the trigger. But what I think they will do is make Daniel Bryan into that mega heel because they have a load of face talent, a load of people who could challenge him to that, and a load of people who could end up getting beaten by Daniel Bryan. Um, they are going to go into a period with um, the Raw product where there is a face with the title. Logically speaking, they need a heel with the title on SmackDown long-term who is going to be chased by plenty of faces. I see your logic. I like your logic. From a booking perspective, you just, as a fan, don't want to see it. From a booking perspective, that's that's great. But when has WWE done anything really by a booking perspective sometimes? Mm. They just do things on the fly. They do do things on the fly, but this Daniel Bryan thing doesn't seem like the kind of thing that's that's this that's just kind of flying by the seat of their pants. This seems like something that has been expected from its inception. It 
sounds like this Daniel Bryan character when he was pitched came out pretty much whole all the way up to WrestleMania. The only thing that was variable was his opponent in this equation. Because this Daniel Bryan character can force himself to be against anybody that he comes face to face with. See what you're saying? See where you're going? I like where it gets going. But this coast thing needs to happen. I think... I think it won't happen. And I just... I, I hate that I'm saying that as well. What do you think? Um, you can always contact us on Twitter. You can contact us via Anchor. You can contact us through our email address, which is available um, probably. I think it's jfadepodcast.gmail.com. You can contact either of us on Facebook <laughs> <Maybe>. as well. <laughs> Maybe. Um, you can contact either sure of though. us on Facebook, Twitter. Um, we're available everywhere. If you are listening to this show and you want to give us you want to give us your opinion um, or even drop us a message in our message box on Anchor, all you do is make a, fo- make a recording into our message box. You could get played on the show. I would absolutely love to... You could even be the first person Person, because nobody has yet left us a message on Anchor, <laughs> I would absolutely love to say hello to the first person. If you are the first person and we physically know you, um, Jay will buy you a drink. Right then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, pizza now. I'm pizza now. Oh, I'm a bit I'm a bit jealous. I'm a bit jealous of the whole pizza thing. Friday night with Jay and Rich. Jade's pizza, Rich's stars. So <laughs> some interesting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually. I had salad with fish cakes. They were salmon and garlic fish cakes. Although for my lunch today I did go to a nice little greasy spoon cafe in Nottingham called Snacks in the City. Um and had myself a double beef and mozzarella burger um it was a half pound of meat absolutely fantastic probably the that best is keto my of... friend that is keto <laughs> yeah i um <laughs> i've had a keto week so this is this is me cheat day. this is me unwinding. yeah yeah this is my cheat day That's no, i'm it. not on keto i should be though but never mind um speaking of speaking of keto are we going to street food tomorrow um Probably. What time? <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm aiming for about two o'clock. We're going to be day drinking. At, um, I'm going to start at street food, um, and that is going to be on I'm not Saturday, too much. the I'm not, <laughs> I'm not drinking too much. We'll work the next day, but we can we can do street food. Loser. Well, yep, that's cool. Um, anyway, other big news. <laughs> Um, the Mirror um, recently compiled that's that's a newspaper in the UK on the 9th of March they compiled a list of um, salaries as reported in the middle of 2018 this is starting to get some traction as there are um, male and female salaries and they there is quite an interesting gap in some of these areas so just to give you an example um, who do you reckon gets paid more, Bo Dallas or Luke Gallows? Luke Gallows. 
Um, Luke Gallows reportedly gets $250,000 a year. Bo Dallas gets $300,000 a year. To do nothing. Other people who get $300,000 a year include Titus O'Neil and Does Braun nothing. Strowman. Um, Street Fighter. Likes to be a, yeah, yeah, Street Fighter. Apollo Crews also gets $300,000 a year. Um, however, has yet to reach the giddy heights of Fandango, who is on $400,000. Um, Isn't he injured at the moment? Um, he what does Tyler is, Breeze get? Tyler Breeze is currently appearing on the list as... Um, oh, his his details have not been published, which means he definitely gets nothing. Excellent. He's just there for the love, guys. <laughs> just there for the love. Just happy um, to be so, there. Just happy to be there completely. He hasn't been listed um, as having money. However, there are some other interesting things. So, um, Fandango, Heath Slater... Um, gold dust are all on the $400,000 mark. Um, another person on the $400,000 mark, US champion or former US champion, Shinsuke Nakamura. Sami Zayn, $500,000 a year, um, which is similar to Cesaro. Um, Rhino, before he left the company, was $500,000 at the same time. Um, and Big E, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, each netting $500,000. Slightly pipped at the post by our truth, who is $550,000, which puts him on the same level reportedly as Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. Um, Matt Hardy or Jeff Hardy, who do you reckon is being paid more? Jeff. Definitely Jeff. Uh, Matt Hardy, $650,000, where if Jeff Hardy gets a cool $1 million per year, um, puts him <laughs> on the same level as Bray Wyatt, Finn Balor, Sheamus. Um, just short of that, this one is going to get you quite angry, actually. Um, paid slightly more than Matt Hardy, $700,000, Sin Cara. Um, $800,000, Rusev, Samoa Joe. 850000 pretty much where he's always been, actually, um, but then he is a fairly consistent attraction. The big show. So that gives you an idea of some of it. The next person is going to shock you. Are you ready for this? It's going to make you slightly angry. Okay. $900,000. That is $100,000 a year more than Samoa Joe. That is more than Matt Hardy, Luke Harper, Eric Rowan. We are talking, of course, about Jinder Mahal. <laughs> Jinder Mahal is How the fuck did he manage to get that much money? Obviously they felt that he was quite successful in his um in his run as champion there. He made quite a bit of money for them, so it would seem. Um either that or his merch sales are um are off the charts in the um foreign markets, who knows? Um so Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, Jeff Hardy, and Sheamus are our four reported people at $1 million, four reported men at $1 million. Um, Dolph Ziggler sits above them at $1.5 million. That's why he stayed. <laughs> that is what, sorry? Why he stayed. Yeah. Um, he pretty much stayed for that 1.5, I would say, yeah. Um 
Kevin Owens takes his rightful place um, at two million dollars. I think that is really money well spent, if I'm honest. Yeah, um, wow. it obviously shows okay. the amount of stock that they that they put in him. Um, beyond that, you've got Dean Ambrose also at two million. He was the lowest paid member of the Shield. Um, the Undertaker obviously gets 2.5 million. That's a fairly famous number and has been um, what he's taken year on year um, since he moved over to a um, part-time schedule. Um, other people who get to one appearance a year. <laughs> yeah, one appearance a year. 2.5 mil. Cool. 2.5 mil. Yeah, it, it say that he only he does three months work in order to achieve that body as well. So um, that guy has got not too bad. Set. Not too bad. The Miz gets two point five million as well, um, which I think that says that a year's worth of the Miz is worth um, three months three of the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, three minutes of the Undertaker. If you're going by last year's guaranteed um, like guaranteed hours, obviously the Saudi Arabia deal was an extra bonus on top of his usual two point five million. Um, Seth Rollins, um, three million. AJ Styles, three point five. Randy Orton, four point five. Roman Reigns, five million. John Cena, eight point five million. And as it will come to a shock as nobody, I've thrown this figure around before. It's fairly common knowledge. Brock Lesnar, twelve million a year um, for what he does there. What is um, AJ Styles it? AJ Styles sits just below Randy Orton. I just mentioned him. Um, so he's at 3.5 million. Um, only people who are paid more than him. Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, John Cena and Brock Lesnar. Um, yeah. Well, I don't see AJ Styles going anywhere, but yeah. I can't see him going anywhere. Um, considering that Gallows and Anderson were quite happy to hang around in the WWE and were also getting some of that sweet, sweet... Um, sorry, two sweet Bullet Club money, and they're the lowest paid out of all of the original Bullet Club. Um, they are only on $250,000 a year, and they're quite happy to stay. So, obviously, whatever they were making in New Japan between them um, was not quite as equivalent to what they're making in WWE. But didn't they get, um, get off the 1.5 mil on their new contracts? They may have done. Um, as I say, this report is the most complete picture we have of it, but the actual the actual wages are taken from a um, wages report from back in two, um, 2018. So you, it would be like comparing apples and oranges to compare them now to um, superstars now because a lot of these superstars will have probably had an incremental pay rise or two since then. Um, senior staff salaries, quite interesting. Um, WWE Studios President Michael Luizzi um, only gets $70,000 for what he does. Um, he is the president of WWE Studios. That's their, that's their um, Hollywood arm um, and their, their non-wrestling um, arm. Kevin Dunn, um, $800,000. Um, he's the producer of all the shows. George Barrios, who is the financial and strategic officer, gets $800,000. Um, Triple H, Vice President of Live Events, gets um, 1.1 million as the Vice President role, plus an additional 1.65 million as his talent contract. And Vince McMahon, $2.4 million as Chief Executive Officer per year. Um, that rounds up the men. Now, 
let's talk about the women. And this this is something that I find quite troubling at times. Um, so the highest paid woman on the roster is Ronda Rousey at 1.5 million. That puts her roughly equivalent to um, Dolph Ziggler. The high the next tier of wrestlers paid um, less than her is Sheamus, Jeff Hardy, Bray Wyatt, and Finn Balor all get one million. That means that. One Ronda Rousey is apparently worth less yearly than a Kevin Owens, um, than a Dean Ambrose, than an Undertaker, than a Miz, um, which is interesting in and of itself. But then when we go into the lower levels, that's where you really start to see things um, become a little bit disturbing. Nia Jax, $100,000. That is a third of what Apollo Crews gets a year. She has a lot more TV time as well. She gets a lot more TV uh, time. Cruz probably doesn't sell as, as much merchandise as she does. This is very true. Um, Sasha Banks, $250,000 a year. So Sasha Banks is, payment-wise, equivalent to an Uso. Um, meanwhile, Naomi, 180000 Then when you get down to... The lower levels, you get Mandy Rose at 80,000, Ruby Riot at 80,000, Sarah Logan, Tamina, and Liv Morgan all at 80,000. The Becky Lynch and Asuka are also on that same tier as Sasha Banks, $250,000. Natalia, $300,000. Brie Bella, $300,000. Mickey James, $300,000. Mickey James makes more money than Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks and Asuka um, there. Alexa Bliss, $350,000. Nikki Bella, $350. That must get quite frustrating between Brie and Nikki. Um, and then Charlotte Flair, no shock here, $550,000. Um, so she is the highest paid non-Ronda Rousey member of the female talent roster as of mid-2018, according to the mirror there. Um, interesting points there. Um, Carmella is the only person I haven't mentioned, and Sonya Deville. Carmella is 120000 and Sonya Deville 100000 Do you think that a Becky Lynch at 250000 is worth less than a gold dust or a Sami Zayn? Well, no, the amount of money she's bringing for the company right now, just merchandise, should be offering her heavily a lot more money. It's, mm. That's ridiculous. Sin Cara. Sin Cara, 700,000, which means Sin Cara is paid more than every single member of the female roster, barring Ronda Rousey. Sin Cara is on more money than Charlotte Flair. For sitting on an injury and doing nothing at the moment. Mm hmm. Charlotte Flair earns as much as an Eric Rowan or a Luke Harper. Doesn't make any sense. No, if she's she's now guy. the face of the company, then they should be paying her as the face of the company. Yeah, this is very true. I mean, I can start to understand now um, what AEW were referencing when they started saying um, that the women will be paid as much as the men. Um I can start to understand that now because obviously the idea of Nikki and Brie Bella um, being on 
you know it's okay she's retired now more well yeah but i mean even then still on more than mandy rose rudy riot sarah logan tamina and Liv morgan combined you know it's just just shocking Lana two two hundred thousand dollars a year puts her the same as Bailey. For for <laughs> wandering around. Yeah, none of this makes sense. They should no, really be looking is... and reevaluating their contracts to exactly what they bring to the table with everyone. I think I think so. I think so. It's certainly, um, this does not look good on WWE at all um, as an article. I mean, obviously, it's starting to get traction now in the American press um, as a result. Um, it's um, a lot of people are picking this up on YouTube. Um, a lot of people are discussing this in the podcast industry because it's quite an extensive um, article. I definitely feel that this doesn't reflect well on WWE at all. Oh, no, definitely not. Obviously, it doesn't reflect good on them. Um, I mean, when they're putting a women's revolution at the forefront and not paying them for that, it it kind of takes away from it, doesn't it? Like, on camera, it's like, oh, women, women, well, yeah, they're great, but we're not going to pay them anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean... If that made any if- sense... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that does make that does make sense. Um, I mean, Bailey gets paid the same amount as Kurt Hawkins. It's like here's a Royal Rumble, but you're not going to get paid as, as much as the men for that Royal Rumble. Yeah, Nia Jax. Nia Jax will have been the lowest paid person in the men's Royal Rumble this year at a hundred thousand dollars per year. I mean, maybe she's signed a better contract since she's entered the um, Samoan slaughterhouse phase of her career since she broke um, of Samoa. Becky Lynch's face. Yeah, <laughs> but all in all, no, I, I find this, I find this very, very strange. I find it very, very strange. Um, so it does. So if Ronda Rousey, Charlotte, and Becky do main event WrestleMania, does that mean they get a bigger cut from all the sales? Um, I believe that they they do if their contract includes bonuses. But if it doesn't, um, they're going to get nothing from it, apart from being in the main yeah. event. Yeah, I mean, usually when usually as is my understanding, um, although money is it's very often um, it's very often seen as bad form to discuss money, um, especially with people who have dealt um, financially with wrestlers, um, which means that Jim Ross doesn't talk about it, Bruce Pritchard doesn't talk about it, Jim Cornette doesn't talk about it. Um, so it, usually you're relying on the wrestler's own words as to what they get, but effectively. Merch sales are, they're given a percentage of merch sales if they get over um, and their contract will probably have that, but actual event gate and similar things, that will only be reserved for your Ronda Rousey's or... I was going to um, say just for Ronda Rousey, yeah. The kind of the kind of people who are considered a draw. I mean, maybe if they draw at WrestleMania um, one year, perhaps Becky will have that leverage but and power I was just next say, year to does, review does, a contract. Wouldn't Becky be the draw right now, not Ronda Rousey? Um, well, the consideration would be that Becky wasn't 
on that type of contract. Um, it's all, saying all that, sits within contract law. I mean, I do think it's so, going to fizzle out, so we have to see where it goes. Well, I mean, that's that's just mishandling on WWE's part, but it's certainly an interesting, interesting kind of look, isn't it? Yeah, um, into what I they're mean, actually I, doing behind the scenes. Definitely. Mm. Definitely. Definitely. A fast lane um, that Forbes have reviewed their numbers in regards to fast lane. Um, so there's some interesting um, there's some interesting numbers coming out of um, out of that. It's actually estimated um, that the fast lane ticket price. Um, what year is this? When is this SmackDown? Blah blah blah. So yeah, it's actually estimated that the SmackDown ticket price, um, fast lane ticket price, was forty eight, forty six dollars on average. When you took into account um, things like um, comp and all of those kind of things, um, so the so that taking into account the actual comp tickets as well, forty six dollars is the estimated price, which means that fast lane estimated live gate now been updated to two hundred and ninety eight thousand eight hundred and sixteen dollars, which is almost. Um, Almost two hundred thousand dollars lower than its original its original estimated gate. Um, however, the attendance was considered to be um, still average um, at the six thousand four hundred ninety six mark, um, which is an average for BC this week. Um, WWE's total viewership for the SmackDown Live brand um, has been five million views um the most viewed segment was becky lynch fending off charlotte flair's assault um still very over on the internet which is 100 uh, sorry 1 million 374 thousand views um the least viewed sex segment has been um the new day promising to be at wwe fast lane this was going into fast lane sorry these were the these were the two um so the new day themselves weren't that over before fast lane they seem to actually be a bit more over since then some of their segments from this week smackdown have absolutely smashed that barrier when it comes to views so interesting interesting little details there um in regards to the impact they're having on social media um, let's look at the wider wrestling industry at this stage, or at least the wider WWE sphere. How's NXT gone? NXT. Uh, they carried on the um, the dusty tag team tournament thing. Oh, okay. The classic. Do they call it a classic? Is it a, is it a dusty classic? Um, possibly. Possibly they do. Maybe. Could yeah. be. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like so. Uh, yeah, I think it is the Dusty Classic, isn't it? Yeah, mm. sounds like something they would say. Yeah, as they are the WNXTE. Indeed, e indeed. W um, so I think before we go into that, I think um, we would like to refer to our sponsors. Um, as we have a nice break, the sponsor is me. This, uh, just spoiler alert. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> spoiler alert, the sponsor is still me. Um, we Got sponsor the our sponsor own show. sponsor happening right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, it we're is not... the Dusty Rose Titan Classic. So, yeah, yeah. Kind of right there. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's called. Um, so, yeah, we're going to. We're gonna that's nip part to one, everyone. Yeah, that's part one. You mark it on your calendar. Mark it on your calendar. Next is NXT and 205. 
Hey guys, it's Rich, just interrupting the regular show here to tell you all about our WrestleMania Super Show weekend. That's going to happen on WrestleMania weekend. You are looking at a show on Thursday the 4th where we will talk about our expectations for the upcoming weekend, particularly focusing on NXT. After that, we will go for Saturday the 6th. Me and Jay will be in our secret palace getting ready for the Super Show um, and also telling you all about our opinions from TakeOver. That is TakeOver New York. Although it is at the Barclays Center, they are calling it TakeOver New York to differentiate between that and Brooklyn. Then after that, we have... The Super Show, that will be at Madison Square Garden. That's going to be awesome. Um, We will be doing our post-show on that on the Sunday. That will be the 7th of April. Obviously, we are going to be available on the usual channels. We'll be tweeting out all weekend. We will be on Facebook. We will be everywhere that we can be, as well as dropping on my old friend, Anchor. Um, Stitcher, all of those places and then finally to round off our Wrestlemania season you have Monday the 8th our Wrestlemania summary it is going to be awesome, you do not want to miss our Wrestlemania weekend Wrestlemania weekend hell yeah oh yeah yeah Jay is here recording this advert. We don't really have much to say. So, Jay. So, Rich. (laughs) What are you drinking drinking now? More Jack Daniels. What are you drinking currently? I'm drinking loose. You are drinking what? Black Iris. It's a Nottingham company. The local company that may have given away where we are. Um, that's okay. <laughs> left I did juice talk about loose. the left lion the other day. Juice loose about Jay's hoose. And then after that, I have Evil Twin Brewing. Even more pecan pie Jesus. Even more pea high Jesus. Pecan pie Jesus. Pecan pie Jesus. Jesus. That sounds pretty damn good. That sounds pretty damn good. I'm just going old stout. school. I am I am drinking Jack Daniels straight, and I have coupled with that a nice pint of Vimto just next to it. Vimto and Jack Daniels is... Ooh, I have Diet Coke. Vimto and Jack Daniels is the mix for a new generation of Jack Daniels drinkers. Mine's my Coca-Cola Light. I guess that's Coca-Cola Diet. Light. Yeah, yeah, that's probably is. Probably is. So, NXT. Where are we on NXT? What are your thoughts? NXT was a great show. Yeah, Dusty Classic. Enjoyed um, Dusty second Classic. Part. Start off with uh, Mustache Mountain versus Forgotten Sons. I heard that that was a fairly good match by you during our break. Yeah, no, I was really surprised from the Gun Sons. You got Stephen Cutler and Blake, not Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And Gunner at the helm, forgotten what his name is in NXT. 
But um, he is the, the singles guy in that trio on the outside doing nothing but gonna things. <laughs> <laughs> that is Steve Cutler and, of course, Wesley Blake um, of The Forgotten That's Children. his first name. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, of course, Wesley Blake... Um, Jay doesn't know too much about him. Um, I can say he's from San Antonio, Texas. He was trained by Dory Funk Jr. He's been wrestling since 2011. Um, he was he was trained in the Funking Conservatory. Um, that was 2011 to 2013, and then moved on to WWE 2013 to present in the Performance Center. Um, altogether, He's not really done that much. He had a cowboy character um, and then formed a tag team with Buddy Murphy. Um, that was in 2014. That's probably the most of note he's really um, done. Um, obviously, he's also played third wheel in certain situations um, where, for instance, Austin Aries, Shinsuke Nakamura had a had a match um, that he was part of um, on the May 18th, 2016 episode of NXT. Um, other than that, the Forgotten Sons seem to be seem to be their way of trying to push him more into the mainstream conversation. Um, and judging by your opinion on this, it's actually working. Is that correct? Yeah, no, that is working. I was really surprised from their showing against Mustache Mountain. Um, their chemistry seems to be getting a lot better um, in terms of tag team wrestling and cutting off the ring. Um, yeah, no, they, they seem to be pulling it together I'm quite surprised because I was writing these off from the beginning mm. um, yeah I can understand I can understand I mean Steve Cutler um, as an example um, is a wrestler so obscure he doesn't even have his own Wikipedia page I don't know I believe I think I've heard Steve Cutler before I think I've heard the name I want to say ROH I do think he had a few matches there um, let's let's do a quick bit, of, quick bit of research. Steve Cutler's profile indicates that um, he thrives under high pressure. Um, maybe maybe WWE's own kind of thing is is not the kind of best way to go. Um, so he was trained at Monster Factory Pro Wrestling 2012 to 2013. Um, he was trained by Danny Cage, um, or under Danny Cage, sorry, um, who in and of himself was trained by Larry Sharp and Glenn Roof. He's um, pretty much a career trainer at this stage. Um, after that, he was signed with WWE um, 2014, um, and his first match um, was versus CJ Parker. Um, he, other than that, he was one of the people who got crushed by Baron Corbin during his initial countdown run. Um, he hasn't really had many, many other moments that have been that notable, but obviously this, this appeared to be a fairly notable match to you. Um, what, do, what do you feel was the, was the high spots within that match? Well, the story I got from this, in this match, um, Trent Seven has been used as a weak veteran wrestler, Tyler Bate being the younger um, hot tag wrestler who, uh, who's carrying it. I can see this turning into a heel turn for Tyler Bate. That's the story I got from this. The Forgotten Sons um, are really showing 
that they're starting to re- um, resemble um, a really good um, collaborative tag team. Of course, while we are talking about Tyler Bate, I want to wish him a happy birthday for the 7th of March. Um, as he, on that day, he will have turned 21, believe it or not. Believe it or not. Believe it the or guy not. wrestles like he's, he's been doing it for years, which he has because he's been started wrestling since he was 13. So he's been doing yeah. it for quite a while. So you could say, in that sense, he's also a veteran. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. He's um, incredibly impressive. Trent Seven's done a great job in in training him, but then Trent Seven is is kind of a grizzled veteran in and of himself. His his career um, his career kind of has been very much on the independent scene in Wolverhampton um, with his first real professional wrestling moment um, of note being at Fight Club Pro um, 2010 Um, but him and Dave Mastiff um, both teamed up to train um, our boy Tyler Bate so interesting stuff Um, obviously there could be a heel turn coming for Tyler Bate Um, yeah I mean, one of the spots that Tyler Bate did was a a double um, aeroplane spin with both of them (laughs) on his shoulders, spinning very slowly, but still spinning at the same time. Yeah, that's um, it's something that he's done before. Obviously, um, we don't really have a weight build for um, for both members of the Forgotten Sons, but that's for two hundred and forty pounds. Um, of Wesley Blake there being span around, so it's it's quite impressive. Even even just that one situation, six foot and one inches. Um, whereas obviously Tyler Bate is much smaller than that. Sorry, my housemate's here. I've noticed. <laughs> he didn't like to troll me about AJ Styles and how I'm a mark for him. Um, yeah, yeah, you are a bit of a mark for AJ Styles. I am a mark for AJ Styles. Yep, um, massive mark for AJ Styles. Um, what else happened on NXT? I wish your hair was there's nothing went wrong with that. So the Forgotten Sons won that match, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd gather that. I'd gather that. And was there any controversy in regards to that? Not really, it was a clean win. Clean win. Yeah. Fair play. Fair play. Just like just like AJ Styles' clean hair. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> just like AJ Styles' clean hair. <laughs> uh, this is this is the first published appearance of Jay's housemate Dan. Uh, Dan, welcome to the show. He may be a part of WrestleMania weekend, he hasn't decided yet. Oh, excellent, excellent. I'll make sure there is um, is, is a method of recording it. Hair off with somebody. <laughs> My God. Um, AJ, AJ, AJ is facing... Um, Randy Orton. Randy Orton. No. It's not, a hair, it's not a hair versus hair match. Oh, AJ's got that on lock, so you still agree with me that AJ Styles is really good he just likes to troll me about it well I've already seen one maybe two matches but I just like upset a new more than anything really cheers mate (laughs) 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 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, Jay, go back to your thing. Stop getting distracted by him sitting there trolling you while you're recording a podcast. <laughs> so next, next in NXT, Shane Baszler on commentary, and you had um, Ayo Sharia, that's how you pronounce oh, yeah, yeah. it, versus Bianca Belair. How did um, Shayna Baszler do on commentary? I don't think she said much. Oh. That seems like a bit of a waste of her time then, doesn't it? Well, the only reason why she was out there was for the ending. But the match started really good. They had a really good chemistry with high-flying power moves and athletic ability between between them. So they started off with a really good chemistry, a really good match. Um, but it all got messed up when Shayna Baszler decided, after all I'm going to do, I'm going to get to the ring. I'm going to start choking everyone out. Okay. Um, what what is the character reason for this? Because she hates everyone, I guess. It's Shayna Baszler. She, she doesn't really need a reason to go to the ring. She doesn't really need a reason to go to the ring and check everyone out apart from she doesn't want anyone ready to face her. It's just setting up the fatal four-way in New York. Um, obviously, the other Sky Pirate came out. I always forget her name. Do you remember her name? Um, Rich. Did you see uh, something? Do you, Do you remember her name? <laughs> I probably do. Rich. I probably do. I can hear typing. Um, Sky <laughs> I'm typing in Sky Pirates to. Um, I'm typing in Sky Pirates to Wikipedia. However. All I'm getting is um, Air Pirate, um, NXT, mm. NXT, The Sky Pirate. There's a novel by Jarrett P. Service, um, which was published in 1909, um, which apparently um, has something to do with that. No, I don't know who, who Carrie Sane's partner is. So Carrie Sane is the one that came out. Mm. <laughs> okay. He, he was the one that was in the match. Oh, excellent. excellent. So, Sherry she came out and looked angry, came to the ring, and then also got choked out. So, in the end, Shane Burgess choked everybody out, and that was basically the, the, the spot that they were trying to produce out of that. So, that's going to set up the four way match for New York. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Um, I want to say Dakota Kai. No, no, so it's, it's going to be Sky Pirates, Bianca Belair, <laughs> and Shayna Baszler in a fatal four-way match in New York. <laughs> I I generally don't yeah. know who don't don't know who the Sky Pirates are other than other than Sane. So and Io Io Shiraya who was in the match Io Io Shiraya Io Shiraya Io Shiraya. Literally, yeah. it is it is really hard to fight. Oh, there we go, Io Shirai. Cool. Um, from now on, let's just call was, her. Let's just call her um, Iyuki or Io. or or Midnight Angel. She was once known as Midnight Angel. Hito Kiri, apparently, um, and Terminator Two mask. Wow. Well, we call it Terminator Two Mask then. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, well. That's the best one. T Two Mask was their actual name. T Two Mask. Um, 
No idea why. Um, the web page that it's something I think I might have to look up. Because you may be in one of those hardcore matches that there's I, I'm crazy, I'm crazy women do look it up. in Japan. I'm trying to look it up. However, the only um, the only link I can get from Wikipedia that it's citing is um, entirely in Japanese. Not helpful. Put it in the translator. I'm sure it would do well. Um, yeah, let's let's give that a go. Um, so Google Translate, Google Translate. This is going to be a nightmare um, for me to edit. So looking forward to this. Um, Excellent. Yeah. So I am I am very much looking forward. Google Translate. Bang this in. Text documents. Where's Where's Web? How do I tell it to translate a web page? Um, I don't care enough. <laughs> So, moving on to um, <laughs> Blackashay versus DIY. Yeah, Blackashay versus DIY. How did that match go? I mean, it was obviously meant to be the hot ticket here. Um, they've had a few... Oh, yeah, no, it was, it was a barnstormer. Yeah? I don't understand why you haven't watched this yet. Um, I literally just haven't had time. I have been editing... I have listened to our last podcast at least four times for editing reasons. So, um, I literally have not had time. Excellent. <laughs> um, that brings us down to our average viewers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I don't download it to listen to it. I do have copies on my PC, so. Not that I don't appreciate our average viewers. Yeah, no, of course. Thank you for listening. All eighteen of you. <laughs> yep. Um, you're, you're hearing, All eighteen. You're hearing quite 18. A, eighteen. Eighteen listeners. That's me, and I've told a few guys. I've listened to it eighteen times. <laughs> Dan said he listened to it 18 times Yep, no, we all heard <laughs> <laughs> Nice So recording on a Friday night is going well <laughs> So there was a great back and forth between Johnny Wrestling and Ricochet There was counting for the moves Ricochet went for his whole uh, flip over the top of him over the back um, Roll through and then back over for the um, head scissors he, he blocked that by moving his legs out of the way, went for the job, for the Gargano escape. He rolled out, rolled back through again, did the whole spot again, and then eventually did the head scissors, which I thought was really cool. Um, DIY was working well as a tag team. Um, there was frequent tags. Uh, there was keeping the ring split uh, away from Alistair Black. Um, this reminded me of really old tag team wrestling, say like LOD, just completely cutting off that ring and using their own half of the ring to, to secure the uh, the old demolition kind of trick yeah um obviously ricochet was working towards the hot tag as he was getting beat down all the time eventually he did um did he get did he go for a simultaneous hot tag or um i do believe there was a tag and also a tag so it did get um champ it in at the same time as alistair black as black came in hot and started do what Alistair Black does with his knee strikes and kicks, punches, and just now. Now I've pointed out the simultaneous tag situation to you. Are you starting to see how frustrating it can be? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. It's. I'm. I'm unsure as to why WWE are insisting on that is what the hot tag format looks like, um, because for many years it has been it has been completely different and then it seems like in the mid 90s that was that was changed to this simultaneous tag situation and that's just kind of proliferated its way past the attitude era um and i'm unsure as to 
why that has happened. I mean, I could understand it in a situation where you have two feuding people both stood on the apron, um, and then they're the final two people in to be tagged. But in a standard two-on-two tag match where there's been no prior heat between individual members of that team, it just seems to be a bit nonsensical to me. Um, but obviously, they've they did it enough during the days when people like Mankind and The Rock were tagging and and Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels were tagging during the earlier part of Stone Cold Steve Austin's face run back in 97. Um, they obviously did enough of it then um, and got the pop that they decided that was the only way that they would possibly ever do it. Um, which, a bit frustrating um, at times. But there you go. It can be, but an interesting spot was where uh, Ricochet powered out of powered out out of um, Tommaso Ciampa's uh, finisher of uh, submission finisher. I've forgotten what it's called now, um, and then did a rolling sense on onto Johnny Gargano's knee. Oh, excellent! Which then made him roll to the outside, and Tommaso Ciampa was a legal man at the time, um, and he he was injured. Basically, he couldn't move his leg. He couldn't get up. That left them Tommaso by himself. Ended up, ended up um, catching a fatal black, and then there was the uh, 6.30, and that's the end of the match. From Ricochet. Seems that that 6.30 from Ricochet is um, is really becoming a match-ender for these two guys as a tag team, um, which is fair enough. Um, it certainly was over at Fastlane, um, and they obviously practiced that routine at this event, this event being recorded um, two weeks prior. I believe it was February 25th it was recorded. Um, so it's actually it's actually quite a bit after their first um, after their first appearance on Monday Night Raw, but certainly certainly quite a while ago it was it was tail end of February that this this segment was recorded. Um, all in all quite a good match then. Awesome. It was a really good match, but before that, I forgot to mention storyline-wise, like storytelling. Um, Tommaso um, showed concern for uh, Johnny on the outside. Ah, so when or frustration, you, you couldn't couldn't really tell which one it was. It was a frustration is by himself, or was actually showing concern. But he went in to um, assist Alistair Black. Yeah, so it was interesting after the match. After mm. that. Um, he was on the on the Tommaso was on the apron hugging his title whilst um, Candy Saray came out to uh, check on Johnny. Interesting part of that was he left his title on on the apron mm-hmm. and he actually picked up Johnny. Wow! So Tommaso Ciampa almost there, working himself as a heel, working himself into a shoot into a shoot level of concern for um, for Johnny Gorgano there. Would yeah, you say so they both carry him. Accurate. Yeah, I would say so. Um, and then both Candice Ray and um, Tampa took Johnny up the ramp. Johnny fell to the floor. Mm-hmm. And then um, Tampa picked him back up. And then he then did his angry face that he does. Mm-hmm. And that's when he tried to throw Johnny Gogano into the screen. Johnny stopped it. Mm-hmm. Tomasa looked at him like, I thought you was injured, like kind of looking in his face. Mm. And then he switched it, threw him against um, the barrier like he did in Chicago, but the other way around this time. So Johnny threw Champa into into the LED board. Yeah. And then it was 
it was all all possum. It was all. It was all Johnny Gargano playing possum in order to in order to playing betray possum. Tommaso Ciampa and Semeni. Does this, uh, from a character perspective, then do you feel that this is um, this is Johnny Gargano's plan all along um, to finally shake Tommaso Clearly. Ciampa? Yeah. Clearly. So as a result. So this was supposed to be setting up the match between them in New York, but obviously he's injured. That's true. This could be um this could be an interesting an interesting point. They could um they could obviously work on this being a kayfabe um injury um spilling over into into the real life injury anyway. Um the timing's fairly good considering this spot. So that shouldn't be too much of a problem for them, but let's hope that he's not out for too long because this angle really shouldn't lose any more heat um, than it has to, considering this is supposed to be the big payoff. Cool. That about sums up NXT then. Um, all in all, good show. I quite enjoyed it, to be fair. I mean, you haven't seen it yet. Go back, watch it. I think you'll thoroughly enjoy that. I think that pretty much sums up most of what we've been discussing this week. Um, do you have any anything else that you feel is pressing and requires talking about at the moment? Two hundred five live tournament. Uh, Tony Nice versus Cedric Alexander. Tony Nice and Cedric Alexander. Um, this could be quite a good match. Um, when is that to be decided? I think it may be next week. I'm not too sure. They don't really announce it as next week, so it may be down the line, close to WrestleMania, as WrestleMania is four weeks away. Yeah, of course. So they have got a little bit of of a while to go. The tournament itself, of course, the winner of that match will face um, Buddy Murphy, who is the current um, cruiserweight champion. Um, I believe Buddy has recently made headlines by claiming that he will be um, out of the ring for the remainder of the road to WrestleMania, um, as he will be he will be taking some time away and just letting his colleagues on 205 pretty much fight it out. Um, does that appear to be the well? Way he that... has a holiday in Australia. Yeah, he's gone yeah. home for a bit. Yeah, fair. Having a bit of a holiday. Mm. That um, that I feel is probably a good move. Um, I mean, he's not going to be losing any heat over this period. He's very much over. I think keeping him off TV at this period means that you don't you don't kind of get in that situation that we're now seeing with Becky and Charlotte, where um, some of the some of the steam that they've had going into this road to WrestleMania is somewhat somewhat dying down a bit. Um, so that's probably a good thing, um, especially for somebody who is who is so low on the totem pole um, when it comes to the grand scheme of things within the WWE. <laughs> um, there was an interesting segment with Mike Mike Bennett, Mike Canellis as well. Oh, yeah? Um, I mean, he was he had a match last week where he just beat the crap out of local talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't even have a match. And this week he was speaking to um, Rockstar Spud, Maverick Drake, if you want to call him that. Of course. Um, basically... Um, Marie was going to speak for him, but he was like, no, I'm going to take over this. Uh, he basically said, um, did you think I was going to come back here and shake your hand and thank you for the match after I win and tell you I was happy to be here? I'm not happy to be here, which I thought was well, quite obvi- cool, to be fair. Because obviously- we, we mention this all the time, that the rest are just happy to be there. For him to like be on a show saying that is 
it's quite cool. Yeah, it's an ex- it's an it's an acknowledgement of the frustration that um, I've mentioned before. Um, obviously, you've echoed that sentiment, um, but the idea that these people on the lower tier brands, the NXT brand, the NXT UK brand, and the two hundred five live brand, um, almost treat it as if it's not their own, it's not their own ability that has gotten to that stage. They're still being treated, um, they're still being given lines by creative that indicate that they are lucky to be there. You can even see this sometimes in the women's division, um, particularly um, in regards to new titles like the tag team titles that's just come in. Bailey and Sasha pretty much forced to stand in the ring and act um, in such a way that it actually diminishes their position within the company by saying that they're so honoured to be given this gift by the WWE um, and on the WWE miraculous for allowing them the TV time to achieve that um, when obviously the the achievement from a character perspective should always be um, in the hands of the character. Uh, I'm, I'm really pleased that somebody has acknowledged this on WWE television and I'm hoping that um, it's something that we can leave in the past as WWE moves into the new age with, um, with Fox and um, a more sports-like presentation because there should be a champion um, on the there shouldn't be a champion and there certainly shouldn't be a competitor on any of the big five there shouldn't be anybody on any of those shows who feels that they are there simply because the WWE is gracious if they, if they do have that as a character trait it makes them look weak and it certainly lessens their position on the brand as a result also with 205 as well I mean within this tournament they become a more map based brand the brand keeps getting better every single week. It's got its own feel to that brand now because they're using strong style as well at the same time and fighting spirit within it is separating themselves from the WWE product. So yeah, if, if you feel like watching something that's slightly different out of the WWE product, yeah, 205 is definitely the thing to watch. Mike Canellis himself is um, is a good example of a wrestler who is um, who is kind of definitely. acknowledging the wider, yeah. the wider breadth of everything just recently. Um, in fact, less than four hours ago, the question was posed to him on Twitter. This is during this podcast's recording, actually. The question was posed to him on on Twitter. Um, which tag team would you consider the best that you've ever faced in your career? The Briscoes. Um, and his response was either the Briscoes or Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks. Um, and that is on his own Twitter. So that is that is... Interesting, interesting times um, to be a member of the 205 live roster by the sounds of it. I'm definitely excited to give them some time this weekend. Um, and I'll be I'll be giving you some of my thoughts probably on our next podcast. Um, <clears throat> number 11. Said, um, number 11. We are moving into number 11. Do we have a theme for number 11? Is there is there music that would work for number 11, do you think? I may have to think of one. <laughs> yeah, some some kind of some kind of theme tune that would work. The Seven Eleven uh, theme tune. Does Seven Eleven have a theme tune? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think they do. Well, I, well they I should. Genuinely don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is something for us to that is something for us to think about. <laughs> uh, any closing thoughts before our players out then? I gotta carry them. Yeah, yeah, I'm a go no. into this. Yeah, yeah, this is <laughs> I have no final thoughts. Yeah, yeah. No, I have no final thoughts at all. No, yeah, do you have yeah, any final thoughts? 
So that's um, Dan's final thoughts. Yeah, I, I could tell it was definitely the way that he was going. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to J-Fabe, I have been Beard, you have been Bear. I've definitely been Beard and you are Bear. I've been Beard, yes, guys. Don't catch a slip in look what I'm whipping up. This is America. I'm Beard, he's Bear. And I'm Beard and, beard and Bear out. I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm going get it. I'm on get it. America, I just checked my follow and listen. You, you motherfuckers owe me. Get your money, black man. Get your money, black man. Get your money.